Hello there, and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Today's guest is Younger, one of Ireland's leading athletes. She should have been preparing for the 2020 Olympic Games, but of course they have been postponed until 2021. A native of County Down, she's been a medalist over 1,500 metres at the European and European Indoor Championships. And this year she made the final at the World Championships. It's a pleasure to welcome Kira McGeehan. And Kira, I often wonder when looking at different sports, if track athletics is a lonely existence, is it fair to say you're on your own more than, say, a traditional team sport? Yeah, I'd say um, it is. It can be pretty lonely. It's I, I grew up playing camogie in Portaferry, so I was very much used to um, to having a whole team around me and, and playing alongside my sisters. So that was always fun. Um, and then whenever I took up athletics, I have to say at the very beginning, I find it very lonely. Um, I didn't have many friends in the sport at the start because I didn't grow up doing it. And um, and then whenever I, I kind of started kind of making waves in the sport you start to become feeling a little bit more welcome in it and that you have a place there so now I definitely would think that it's not lonely I live in a in Manchester with the team that I have joined two years ago Team New Balance Manchester and we have a fantastic group of athletes here and and living in a house with currently two other athletes there's usually five of us in the house but two of two of the athletes are gone at the minute Um, it's it's far from a lonely life because we were with each other all day every day but um, yeah, it's good fun. It can be lonely out there on the track whenever it's just you toe on the line. But that's probably one of the pros of athletics as well, that it's all on you, the good and the bad, and you take ownership of it. So yeah, we, we roll with both of them. And and what attracted you to athletics from Camogie? Um, well, to be honest, that I was good at it. <laughs> so um, I didn't actually, I probably would say that I didn't actually choose athletics myself necessarily. I, I, absolutely loved camogie and, and look listen at the same time does anybody ever choose the GAA um we're kind of born into it aren't we so I I grew up in Portaferry and there's not an awful lot to do in Portaferry a lot of the time but um I have a big GAA family and and just grew up following my auntie down to the to the Hurley Park um absolutely loved playing and, and that's really my my first love um, and then I started um doing athletics in secondary school really I only ran two races in primary school um, and then whenever I went to secondary school my teacher spotted that I was just mad at PE I absolutely loved being active and loved sports day and asked me did I want to try athletics and something clicked and I was good at it and and I suppose I had to make the choice one one day between camogie and athletics and what sold it for me was that I could run for Ireland and that I could represent my country at the highest level of an Olympic Games and that was probably the dazzling aspect of athletics that won me over and and it's opened so many doors for me now and had so I've had, had so many fantastic opportunities in my life because of it. So I really can't thank the sport enough for that. I know, but Kira, isn't there a long distance between the talented schoolgirl who said I'd love to go in the Olympics and actually making the Olympics? Oh goodness, yeah. That was um that's a long hard road and one that I fought every step of the way. Sometimes things seem easy but an awful lot of the time it's pretty tough on this this road as an elite athlete and yeah I 
I've been chatting to some people. I only chatted, chatted to my sports psych before about how I'm feeling with this whole lockdown situation. And sometimes it makes you reflect. And um, yeah, the good and the bad days make you the person that you are today. But I wonder what I would say to, to young Kira and I if <laughs> and her and her dreams of um, of being in the Olympic Games. Because at the same time, I hosted the dreams of the Olympic Games. I thought I would still be able to win an All-Ireland medal for countdown. <laughs> so uh, so I'm able to fulfill some of the dreams, but not all of them. What would you say to young Kira? What would I say? Um, so I was I was chatting to to another athlete, happens to be called Kira too, Kira Everard. Um, she was in a physio school with me in UCD. She was the year ahead of me, and she's doing some studies now on athletes' mentality towards injury and how they recover. And she asked me this same question, and it was probably pinpointed towards injury. And I told myself just to to have patience and and to never give up which I never did but that there there will be there'll be hard times ahead but they'll always end and and I'd probably say that to myself as well to continue to to work hard and don't get too bogged down in those hard times and it's probably a lesson for all of us right now that these things do come to an end what I probably would try to tell her a lot more is to have fun and sometimes I think I took myself far too seriously and forgot that that sport is about enjoying yourself and and enjoying the moment you're in and everything around you. And um, yeah, I'd probably say, look, stop and smell the roses a little, enjoy it and have fun along the way. But Kira, that's the ultimate dilemma for every sportswoman and sportsman, isn't it? That if you enjoy it too much and you were a student in UCD, if you're enjoying <laughs> it too much, then it affects your performance. So the mental strength and discipline is, is huge, I'd say. Yeah, that is it. It's finding, it's striking that balance and finding what works well for you. And I suppose for me, that real disciplined approach and maybe not being somebody who had a typical university lifestyle, it, it lent to me as an athlete that meant that I came out and I had a very good career after university. Unfortunately, I was injured a lot of the time in UCD. Um, it is interesting. I don't know if I could be different. I definitely would tell myself to enjoy it a little more. I feel like I was extremely focused and went from one championship to the next and maybe didn't fully appreciate that moment that I was in. So I, I try to do that now. Whenever I finish a season, I stop, I look back and I say, well, look, I've come a long way or maybe it's a reflection on what I could improve. But to, to take the time to, to thank those around me who had helped me get there, to, to maybe have a little party and a little a little cheers with them. And uh, and not get too quick at going to the next target. Now it's still hard. Yeah, it's no. still first nature for me. But um, but yeah, we all learn and 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 seeing other athletes and how they enjoy their sport and and then how they get ready and refocus again is it's always interesting. We all learn from each other. I I sense from what you're saying, you feel you should have enjoyed college life more. Um, I definitely. So I, sometimes I do wonder that. I I was injured a lot of the time in UCD. Um, unfortunately I had to have ankle surgery whenever I was studying there so it knocked um, it knocked a lot of time out of my athletic career I missed my whole under 23 career because of that injury um, and in hindsight I wonder maybe should I have enjoyed university a little more because I wasn't training and, and competing at a really high level at that moment in time because I was recovering but look if I had done that would it be where I am right now you also did a, a very tough academic subject, physiotherapy. Yeah, I did. Like, I, I absolutely loved physio. I, it's interesting. I often find if um, I have the opinion opinion that if you if you do something that you find really interesting and absolutely love, that it won't be too much of a burden on you. And, and I find that physio was just an absolutely brilliant 
like addition to my to my life whenever I was going through uni and I probably say that because I was so lucky to have the support from the School of Physiotherapy and UCD they were absolutely brilliant to all of their sports scholars um, possibly because they were so used to having so many of us there was an awful lot of very elite athletes in that physiotherapy course um, I had many athletes ahead of me Paul Donovan our rower yeah. was the year below me and so that university course and that school are very used to having demanding athletes who are trying to do two parts of their life their their academic career and also fulfill the highest level of their sport at the same time um so I think I was very lucky to have the support of of UCD School of Physiotherapy but I absolutely loved physio so it wasn't too much of a burden and um I'm glad I have that in my back pocket to fall back on whenever the athletics is over of course but given that you had knowledge is that a disadvantage when you have injuries like you had in UCD I mean can you self analyze your injuries I presume do you yeah so it's interesting because I whenever I'm talking to physios if I say that I'm a physio I, I worry that they might be intimidated and I'm yeah, like listen yeah. here I graduated university and then I went straight into being a, a full-time athlete so I feel like I'm a pretty green little physio I'm only only finished uni and much like everybody who who learns how to drive everybody says you only really learn how to drive once you're out in the road and you have your license um, and I feel it's the same with physio I came out with the with the bare knowledge that a physio requires and then you go out and you develop that and you start to learn even more so yeah whenever I got injured I probably had that little bit of knowledge to look into it and be like oh okay it's x y and z and it's quite likely this and I can chat to my physios quite openly and honestly and give them probably a pretty good reflection on how I feel but I'm also very good at handing that responsibility straight over to them because being an athlete can be stressful enough as it is without adding that other dimension and I feel that I'm quite good at handing over that responsibility to the person in in charge of my care so I had a, a physio back home in Ireland for a long time Emma Galvin and she was absolutely brilliant helped me back from my from my surgery and and I really appreciated just being able to hand everything to her. Um, now, don't get me wrong, the years leading up to that surgery, whenever I was reading into what the results might be, had me in tears. So maybe that was a lesson learned, not to not to delve too deep. That, that, that's tough. But let's go to your first piece of music, which is a happy piece from before your time. Yeah, it is indeed. Dancing Queen. Yeah. Um, so whenever whenever you asked me to pick three three songs, goodness, it was tough to choose only three, and and there's so many that remind me of home, um, and I wanted something that would fully encompass my whole family. So it's hard. Ever, in fairness, there seems to be a, a a kind of running theme with sixteen in my family because the Fury Sweet Sixteen just makes me think of my mummy and daddy. They were they they started going out when they were very young, um, but my parents are huge fans of ABBA as are all of my family. And the Abba Gold CD was often blared through the house in Portaferry. So on a sunny day like this, Abba Gold would have been on and we all would have been singing along and dancing. So this song's special for me because of that. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Now, Kira, you spoke there about the, the injury problems you had while in college. Did that bring extra pressure because you were on a scholarship? Yeah, yeah. So I... I joined UCD and um, was lucky enough to get that at Astra scholarship and it's the highest scholarship in UCD and there was a little bit of pressure there because I didn't actually run for the uni very much while I was I was in the college and that was tough because it was pressure for me I wanted to perform for them um, and also you have certain 
requirements to do for the university but i have to say i i appreciated the the long-term approach that ucd ad astra had with regards to their athletes in particular a lot of their olympic athletes that they saw that my athletic career wasn't just some of the years that i was in that university so there were some fantastic people there there was a a, a gym coach george patrakos he's not there anymore but George helped me through my injury. And whenever I sat down in the meeting with, with the Ad Astra um, kind of board and talked to them through the each year, and one year I didn't run a step, um, it was tough. I had to explain what I was doing, where I was going to make changes to try to improve the situation. Um, and it was quite difficult. At no point in my career before that had I ever had to answer to anybody. Yeah. But... I have to say that the the Ad Astra scholarship were fantastic. They put my mind at ease that my scholarship wasn't in jeopardy because I got injured, um, because I didn't ask to be injured. They course, understood that this was a long road, and they supported me the whole way through, even though I hadn't ran for the university for for a year or so. So, yeah, I felt lucky that they put my mind at ease, and they also helped me make some of those tough decisions um, towards having surgery because. It was a big it was a big step for me to go towards the surgery. I'd had a, a really long protracted approach towards that because I wanted to try every conservative method before it, which is completely understandable and highly advisable for most people. Um so I am lucky that there was a lot of people in UCD that helped me along the way and the little bit of pressure there was was lifted whenever the scholarship told me, Don't worry, you're not you're not at risk. You're um your 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 scholarship safe and and to be honest like I was at UCD to learn physiotherapy and if I hadn't got my scholarship that wouldn't have been too bad I would mm. have said fine I'm here to learn I'm going to learn my degree and I'm going to continue to run anyway but I was very grateful for their support the whole time I was there but but to come through after all of that and the injury and being out so long and the and the mental worries as well and study on the side to come back and achieve what you've achieved is a fantastic performance it really is oh thank you so much I suppose I don't really think about it too much. It's just my own wee path. And some people said, God, fair play to you for being able to come through that and not giving up. But at no point did I think I would give up. I, it didn't really enter my thinking. And maybe that's probably something that's maybe wrong with me in my head. But I didn't really think at any point that I wouldn't do athletics. There was a point when I thought maybe I won't get back to the level that I was because of the ankle and there was a chance that it wouldn't improve. But um, but at no point did I think that I wouldn't. So whenever you get praised for for doing that, it seems strange to me. That was always just the path I was going to take. But sometimes I reflect back and I remember going to a race after having been injured for a year and hearing going to support a couple of friends and hearing somebody at the gate say, "Oh, she used to be a good runner, didn't she?" <laughs> I was only out a year. That was um, that was a bit of a kick in the teeth. Yeah. But do you know what? As many a sports person's probably said before, and they will say in the future quite often, that gives you fuel and your fire. So whenever I came back and won my first senior medal for Ireland at that European Champs in 2016, it was um, it proved to myself that I was back. But I also said in my head that'll silence any doubters. Brilliant. Let's go to your second piece of music. It's Kings of Leon. Yes, Kings of Leon. You somebody. This uh, this song just reminds me of school. Um, I had a fantastic bunch of friends whenever I went to secondary school in Assumption Grammar, Ball and the Hinch. And uh, girls that I'm still friends with now, we have a, a weekly quiz now in lockdown each week. Um, and, a, and a really funny WhatsApp group that often throws up some, some interesting topics of conversation. 
And my my good friend Kirsty Green from Portaferry for a project in school did a little project on me, and she she put you somebody as the as the music in the background. So, um, between that song and this sex was on fire by Kings of Leon, that was the two songs of choice from my friends. But I felt uh, you somebody was quite apt with a uh, with a running theme running through it. Um, so this just reminds me of all my friends from school. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. We've discussed the tough times and then success uh, with meddling in the European Championships. Ambition, you're always looking ahead to the next Championships, I presume. So even when you achieve success, there's another Games coming up in a year or two years' time. So do, do you automatically move on straight away? Yeah, I think that's, that's probably one of the pros and cons of my head. As soon as I finish the Championship, I'm nearly thinking of the next one. And I don't really stop to to enjoy it. And that's why I tell myself, like, don't forget to smell the roses because I finished the World Champs last year um, in 10th place, which was a huge feat for me. That was my first World Championships. That was my first World Final. Well, it wasn't my first World Champs, but it was mm. my first World Final. And to finish 10th was, was brilliant. But as soon as I stepped off the track, I said to my coach, what do I have to do to close the gap? Because I don't want to be 10th. And part of me is like, oh, for goodness sake, Kira, that was a huge step. If anybody said a wee girl from Portaferry would be 10th in the world, you would probably want to have a wee party and you'd say, right, that deserves a bit of a, a shindig. Um, <laughs> but I stepped off and thought, Olympic Games is next year. What do I have to do? And now, as the case may be, Olympic Games is in two years' time from that point. But yeah, there's always a championship. And and I feel quite lucky as, as an athlete and a middle-distance athlete. I run cross-country as well for Ireland, so... I finish the track season, cross country season roll rounds, rolls around quickly, and then it goes straight into out indoors and then straight back to outdoors. So there's always something for me to focus on and something for me to drive towards, which is is fantastic because it really helps your mind stay focused. Because training's hard, it's really tough. I'm exhausted at the end of the week, but I always have a goal in sight. And um, and while I'm chatting to you, I'll probably also hopefully. The next big athletics meet for Ireland will be the European cross country this winter. Now I'm hoping that we all get to go out and run that. And um, anybody who's listening, if they fancy a, a good a good athletic competition on your own doorstep, get up to Abbottstown for that. I'm hoping that it all goes ahead. But um, yeah, there's always a championship to, to aim for, which is a fantastic thing. Of and course, but Kira, can you explain to us, because most of us haven't a clue, so your whole life was focused on the 2020 Olympics, and now they're gone. That'll benefit some athletes and it'll be a disaster for some athletes we will discover in a year's time. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, It's really hard because athletes, particularly in Olympic sports, we tend to work in four-year cycles. Um, And other championships are really big as well. Like we have European championships and world championships are are arguably just as hard, if not harder, than an Olympic Games. Um, but the Olympics is that thing that holds that special little grasp for everybody. And quite often athletes work off that four year cycle. And to be honest, most of our funding works off that four year cycle because everybody's kind of interested in the Olympic Games. And that's where most of our funding comes from. So for some athletes who had said this is going to be my last cycle, my last four years, they've come to the end of it and they've been told they have to add an extra year. And for a lot of people, that can be hard we put an awful lot of our life choices on hold and and other parts of our life on hold for our sports. So I know people that probably were like, I'll have, I'll start a family after this Olympic games. And as a female athlete, that's something that's, that's always 
like our, my male counterparts can have a family much easier than say yeah. myself if I wanted to start a family now other people like I I know for me it, it's thrown up a couple of challenges my my boyfriend lives in Dublin and I live here in Manchester and we had decided after the Olympic Games he would move over and and we'd start living together um and that's not going to happen necessarily the way we planned now and you know it's little things it's not life-changing it's not it's not detrimental completely but but they're significant yeah little like significant things in your life and it gets you a bit down but I do try to look at the positives in in all of this and I I've seen myself I think well do you know what this is fantastic opportunity for me I had a year from the world champs last year to get ready for the Olympic Games and and spoke to my coach about what I needed to do and I needed to get stronger that 1500 was won in 351 by a Dutch girl Sifan Hassan and and listen that's a time that I just don't think I'll ever run in my life but there's other girls there that I can target and you know I can definitely get my times down sub four minutes and um, this gives me an extra year to get stronger and to be more prepared for that Olympic Games and going out in my Irish fest and and I see that as a huge benefit. So I try to think of the positives. I'm going to keep working through. I'm pretty sure this year will be hard without many competitions to keep us going. But it's the same for all of us. We're all in the same boat. And and I really hope that other athletes are able to stay focused and and see this as a positive because I know it can be hard for some. Yeah, good for you. I, I read an interview where you spoke of having strong faith. Yeah, that was an interesting interview because... Uh, I spoke to the gentleman for a really long time about so many other things and then spoke briefly briefly about about faith and the whole article was nearly about it and it made me laugh because my mum was like, oh, there you go, fantastic. <laughs> um, and and I, to be honest, I actually was invited to the Vatican, I think off the back of that interview. You're joking. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I got a, I got a lovely phone call from my, my bishop at home, which I have to say I didn't. Not, I don't know many people if they get a call from the bishop. I thought somebody was taking the mick out of me. And I actually said to the bishop, and whenever I told my mummy, she nearly healed over. I said to the bishop, thank God you told me it was actually, I thought it was somebody taking the mick. <laughs> but he's, he's a lovely gentleman. He told me he had got a, an email from from the Vatican. Could he forward it to me? And yeah, I was invited to the Vatican for a, kind of a little conference about sport and faith and how it brings us all together. But yeah, for it's 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 meant to be in May, oh. so under under the circumstances, um, I, it's not going ahead. So I hope that everybody's staying safe over there because at least had a had a hard time, and I'm hoping everybody at home is feeling okay too. But you know, yeah, for me, faith is 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 a big thing. I grew up in in a very Catholic household, like many of us in Ireland, and and went to a Catholic primary school. I went to a Assumption Grammar, a Catholic convent school, um, for secondary school. Um, but for me, it's much more than just the religion that I am. I feel that I take a lot of strength from it and I see it nearly as a form of meditation and something that's very personal for me. And I saw what it meant to to my family and what it's meant to my family. Um, my my granny, um, Kathleen, who's my mummy's mummy, was a huge person in my life. And unfortunately, she died of cancer a number of years ago. I'll probably get emotional talking about her. Um but she was somebody in my life who I really admired and and would love to model myself on. And as she was going through all of her treatment, I saw the strength that she got from the rosary. And I feel like many people my age will roll their eyes being like, oh, for God's sake, she's um, is she a Bible basher or anything like that? But 
like I, I saw my granny praying the rosary and I was visiting her one day in the hospital and um, I could tell she was praying. So I didn't go in behind the curtain. I just said, I'll wait a wee minute and I'll let her get to the end of her decades. And and she she asked, could she have the strength to make it through her next scan? Because it was that painful. And I just, that moment meant something a lot, a lot to me because she didn't pray that it didn't hurt her. She just asked for strength. And whether she was praying to a greater God or she was praying to the clouds or a chair or whatever it may be, it gave her strength. And that meant an awful lot to me. So faith means a lot to me and um, and family means a lot to me. And yeah, if if people can find something to give them strength in the hard times, whether it be through religion, meditation, sport, I do joke to my mummy that I think I do also belong to the Church of Running because many a many a Sunday the long run takes precedent over going to mass, which she'll be angry at. Um, but yeah, faith is something that's important to me, and and for other people that might be faith in family, it might be faith in people. It's important to have something in your life that you look towards for that little bit of strength. Great. Well, look at well explained, and thank you very much for chatting with us here. I've really enjoyed the chat. We're going to play out on a, on a happy song for you. Yeah, this this wee song is it. Do you know what? It has absolutely no meaning anywhere else in my life <laughs> other than I stumbled upon upon this song on my Spotify, and it's probably one of my most played, and it always makes me smile. So I thought it was a nice way to finish. All right. So as we thank Kira McGeehan for being today's guest, we'll play out. With Paul Simon, you can call me Al. Thank you, Kira. Thanks a million, Des. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.